America is very confused. I think our country is having a temper tantrum right now. Spot the lie game. So give an example of you're watching a show and what do you see and then what do you say? Welcome to What Now, the post-COVID church podcast. The purpose, creating not just conversations, but stories geared towards energizing Christians to engage the lost and hurting in your community. Here is your host, Stuart Kellogg, author of The Post-COVID Church. Hello and welcome. Lost and lucky charms. They're magically delicious. Do you recognize this leprechaun? Lucky charms. He's selling lucky charm cereal. Always have to be lucky charms. Always with a rainbow. With a rainbow of marshmallow surprises. Heritage of pride. So how did we get here with the rainbow pride flag? Now, long, long before it became a gay rights symbol, the rainbow illustrated the covenant between God and his people, as described in Genesis chapter 9. In many cultures, it came to represent beauty and hope. For those who didn't make that biblical connection, it's meant a sign of prosperity. Back to Lucky Charms, that place where the pot of gold rests. Well, in 1978, the gay lobby took it over. Back in the 1970s with artist and activist Gilbert Baker. So positively represented in this Scripps News story. He just suddenly thought these things are powerful. He saw, you know, armies marching into war under a flag, and he thought, we don't just need a new symbol. And it represents what? You see, some may say it's simply a personal sexual preference or inclusion. Don't listen to anybody. If you love who you love, love who you love. What once could be understood as simply respecting a person's freedom to express their sexual behavior without discrimination now means much, much more. It's part of the culture, not just expanding the idea of freedom, it's also a sign of stigmatizing and punishing those who disagree. Today, a look at how branding impacts the post-COVID church, how the cultural drift is taking many believers along for an unholy ride, and what can be done to restore the biblical brand that provides hope to everyone. The problem? Evangelical Christianity has an image problem. No, that's not right. It has an image and behavioral problem. We'll dive into the proof of that statement a bit later, but first, how those holding traditional biblical views are being boxed into a corner day by day. By that, I mean those so-called progressives now commanding the main pillars of culture, news media, entertainment, education, government, and now big business, have in just a generation moved from seeing traditional biblical values and evangelical outreach as not just wrong, but evil, dangerous, and just a fairy tale. It's just a claim. You have no proof of this God showing up. You have a story. This is from my podcast visit with atheist Michael Wiseman. Stuart, there's lots of stories with lots of gods coming down and interacting with people. And how many were resurrected? That's just what they are. How many it were resurrected? It doesn't matter what they did. They came down and blew their nose and unicorns came out and gave everybody cupcakes. It yeah. doesn't matter. Okay, well, It's still fantasy. Try having a calm, reasoned conversation about why believing in biblically-based sexual norms should be respected on a college campus, federal office building, or Fortune 500 company, and see what happens. The inability to even discuss the topic in so many places illustrates the packaging and branding problem I talked about. Think you have to have a rainbow flag to welcome people? Andy Miller is the vice president of academic affairs and assistant professor of historical theology 
at Wesley Biblical Seminary. He spent years researching and defending those orthodox, with a small o, beliefs about sexuality. He was a central figure in the What Now? post-COVID church podcast called Sexuality in the Church. What's the big deal? One facet I didn't include then was how those holding to traditional Christian sexual standards can't simply go along with the cultural way. Let's say you're a biblically orthodox church or you go to a biblically orthodox church that affirms what the church has taught on marriage and what the Bible clearly says. If that's the case, um, I think it, if you put a rainbow flag up, the, what that what message that sends is that you are for gay marriage. You are for transgender, not just rights of existence, but that we should change our language and that the nature of truth is challenged. Um, I th- think there's a host of things that come along with celebrating Pride Month. And also, <laughs> I think now, sadly, what's happening with the nature of children and the way that people are giving mutilating children and giving them drugs to change their behavior that could have uh, terrible effects. I think putting the, the flag up, the pride flag, so you might not you might not believe this, but what it says to society is you agree with that. And I think you have to d- differentiate yourself and you can still be loving and welcoming. This is a perfect example of how Christian commentator Jim Dennison so aptly describes a once unacceptable behavior in the culture becoming accepted. The LGBTQ plus crowd has expertly deployed it. First, normalize the behavior through popular media and the culture. Then, legalize it through the courts. Next, stigmatize those who disagree using terms such as homophobic. Finally, criminalize any disagreement with the activity. So, you can see, simply saying, the Bible says it, therefore it's wrong, won't work with someone who does not only not believe the Bible is inspired scripture, but believes the book and the faith it represents is wrong and evil. The answer is to be able to stand firm in the face of this branding, making sure others are aware of what things such as the rainbow flag stands for in its entirety. Hi. One thing I will not tolerate people saying about me is that I don't like beer. One person seems to have caused all of this, Dylan Mulvaney. who That's a report on Bud Light's problems from the How It Happened website. Just a 20-second clip caused the downfall of one of the world's largest beverage companies. The items that received backlash specifically were swimsuits designed for use by some trans women and designs from a company that make satanic-themed LGBTQ plus merchandise. And that's a story about Target really disappointing that they pulled some of it. KTLA TV. I identify as LGBTQ and my kids are really proud of the fact that when we go to Target there's all this, this Pride Month and Pride Awareness and they feel it makes them feel really good that our family is affirmed. Those two companies lost billions in value. So this automatic lockstep march towards progressive ideals is being re-examined. Who better to have a reasoned, quiet counter-argument explaining that the rainbow flag means more than just acceptance of another lifestyle, but now means endorsing everything from genderless people to teaching kindergartners about homosexuality to not allowing parents a say in chemical and physical castration. 
A year ago, the CEOs wouldn't even listen to the other side. Now, the reality of the marketplace means they may. But there are two problems. First, evangelicals have an image problem. Pew Research earlier this year reported that only 18%, fewer than one out of five non-evangelicals, have a favorable view of evangelicals. Not even one out of five with a favorable view of evangelicals. Second, the average Christ follower isn't properly prepared for those tough discussions. America is very confused. I think our country is having a temper tantrum right now. That's Dr. Adam Rasmussen with the Arizona Christian University's Cultural Research Center. It doesn't surprise me that people would be very confused about God and the Bible. 88%, 88% are syncretists, meaning they have a playlist um, kind of religiosity where they'll take a little bit of Christianity. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is there for me. Okay. And then a little bit of karma, a little bit of naturalism, a little bit of whatever I want. It's like a playlist. So the playlist has replaced the pulpit. And for that reason, I'm I'm not surprised when I see some statistics are up and some statistics are down. It's because they don't have a cohesive worldview. Every year, his team, led by Dr. George Barna, takes the nation's spiritual temperature. Our worldview is... Um, the filter. It's an emotional, intellectual, spiritual filter through which we experience, interpret, and interact with the world. Everyone has a worldview. It's inescapable. And while worldview is invisible because we can't see a person's thoughts or their assumptions, all, all worldview beliefs drive behaviors. What is disheartening to Dr. Rasmussen is that so few Christians view the world through the biblical lens. One of the things that's very interesting is uh, George Barna has been studying uh, worldview in America since 1995. And right now, in 2023, we did a study in January. Among adult Americans across the nation, uh, 69% uh, claim to be Christian. But only 4% have a biblical worldview. So when we look at the Bible and what the Bible contains, basic doctrines, right? God is the creator of all things. He is sovereign. He, he rules uh, that we're sinners and we need to be saved, that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God, that the Bible is the Word of God. Just basic beliefs, okay? Put up against all the other beliefs that are out there right now. Only 4% of Americans have an integrated biblical worldview. So, Stuart, we see a difference between 69% who claim Christianity and 4% who actually have those beliefs and behaviors that are um, aligned with the Bible. So there's a huge difference between cultural Christianity and what the Bible says. See the problem? As the anti-Christian cultural tide rushes in, there are far too few people equipped to build the seawalls. Dr. Rasmussen has some practical solutions. We'd rather just swipe and and constantly scroll. And then we think, like, give me an app to disciple me. There's no app to disciple you. You can't YouTube your way or TikTok your way or playlist your way into being a mature Christian. It's not going to happen. Number one is um, to get your, Bible, your nose in the Bible. Like, if you really want to know the Bible, guess what? 
read the Bible. Second of all, get a mentor. And it doesn't matter what your age is. We can all be with somebody who's our our Paul to our Timothy, right? Um, somebody who's further along in the faith than we are. I think that's really important. And young parents need to have a mentor. Young pastors need to have a mentor. All of us can grow in our faith if we have somebody that we can talk with. Third of all, get some um, close friends with you that will press into the biblical worldview. Christianity is a team sport. When I was at camp as a kid, one of the things we'd do is when we'd have a fire and there'd be all these logs and the embers were building off each other, this white hot mass in the middle, you know, um, when you needed to put the fire out, all you had to do is kick those logs to the side and all of a sudden it'll die down. And Christians have to come back together again, truly under the word of God and help one another live biblically changed lives. How to do that? Well, Wesley Biblical Seminary's Andy Miller, a father of three, plays Spot the Lie. And I, I kind of the Spot the Lie game, where the great thing about streaming TV is you can always press pause now, right? Like, where's the lie here, guys? Did you see it? Use an example of that. So you're watching the show, and, and let me give you real. I yeah. recently was talking yeah. to a little eight-year-old. Um, I know her parents, uh, they are very orthodox, and she just happened to say about her little friends, her girlfriends, she goes, I mean, they're friends who are girls, not like boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, this is an eight-year-old. Right, right. All right. So something got in there, and it wasn't being hammered from home, because I know the parents. So give an example of you're watching a show, and what do you see, and then what do you say? I think people would love a perfect an example of it. Yeah. So if all of a sudden there's a commercial that all of a sudden shows two men kissing, Press, I press pause or I wait till that that's off the, the screen and say, what's wrong with that, guys? What do you see? Do you spot the lie? Or where they might say something like, uh, one example is when the words my truth are used. So I, I press pause or I or I say, or after some, somewhere after the fact, I say, guys, did you hear it? Did you hear the challenge? And I have them articulate it back to me. It's not as easy now to follow Christ. The culture has never been more secular more antagonistic towards those holding traditional biblical views and values. The cost has never been higher. That's why it's so critical that all believers, especially the young heading out into this world, be much better prepared to recognize those unbiblical currents and have the facts to counter them, and the ability to share why the gospel has the answers. And to do that, as Christ commands, with humility and love. I'm Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Post-COVID Church, What Now? with your host, Stuart Kellogg. For more information, visit thepostcovidchurch.com. And you're invited to join the Post-COVID Church Facebook group. Please share the Post-COVID Church podcast with your friends.